Good morning once again, everybody. We're so glad that you have joined us today on this uh, chilly day. And um, we were talking just in the foyer about the fact that it seems like our parking lot is about the slickest thing around here right now. Um, so please be careful as you, as you leave today. But uh, we're, we're in week three of our series on the Lord's Prayers. We've gone through it now line by line, just taking uh, bits and pieces of this. And really, it's, it's about um, not how long of the verse is, but really how much you can handle at a time. Uh, really how we pace ourselves through this, because there's so much rich and beautiful content in the Lord's Prayer. But you know, we've been making a big deal about prayer and the life of a believer in general, and so I thought this morning we'd start by me just sharing a, uh, an answer to prayer in this past week, and I thought maybe you guys would want to look at this with me, if you would. I don't know if that was what you were praying or not, but <laughs> certainly in my house, uh, that's what it was, and so... Um, you know what? God answers prayers, and uh, whether it's a, a football game, I don't know if, if God was necessarily cheering for one team or another uh, during that game, but I do know this. I know that God cheers for his church all the time. I know that he is cheering for South Suburban and saying, you guys, you can do this. You can do this. What's in front of you is not near as big as what I've got for you. And how many of you guys would love to see the Lord just speak to us very clearly, very strongly in saying what I have for you is way bigger than you could ever ask for, dream, or imagine. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Well, uh, along with that, as I lead into it, you know, we mentioned a few year, weeks ago about um, an opportunity for us to join together in a church-wide fast. And so I wanted to remind you of that. The dates for that are February 25th to March 4th. And the way that we tried to um, organize this is it would be the final week of this series on the Lord's Prayer. And what I would like to invite you into is what the Bible talks about in a, a corporate fast. When God's people come together, it's not just an individual that is fasting, and that's powerful stuff. Please don't, don't interpret what I'm saying as, as that, that if you were to fast on your own, that that's not a big deal. It's a very big deal. The Scripture also talks about when God's people come together to pray and fast. And so I want to invite you to join together as a church, to join us uh, during that time, that one-week window, February 25th to March 4th, as we just seek the Lord for his will in our personal lives, but also uh, in the life of this church. And this is what we do know. God has an opinion. God has an opinion about what lays in front of us. And he actually has a plan for what lays in front of us as well. And, and that's what we desperately want to hear. There's a lot of noise in this world that we live in. There's a lot of noise. And when we pray, when we fast, it's our attempt as, as humans, as his creation, it's our attempt to try and silence the rest of the noise and to just tune into God and say, Lord, in this season, if you would help us to just quiet the noise and that you would speak, we'd like to turn the volume up. We'd like to turn it up on you so that we could hear and that we could go through with that. How many of you guys would, would be with me on that? I'm not asking for a, a commitment right now on that fast, but that you, I, I caught you, right? Um, but that you would, you would look at that as an opportunity to join together as a church, as a, as a body, as a family, to say, God, what you want is what I want. So that's our fast that's coming up in, a, in two weeks now. It would start two weeks from today. But I want to take some time right now uh, to dive into our message. I told Pastor Joe that, you know, we, we were doing membership, uh, receiving members this morning. And when he said, hey, I, I don't know that they made it, I said, that's great. I can preach five extra minutes then. And, um, 
But we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll do my best to, to rein it in. We're going to dive into our message today. And as I mentioned, we're in week three of the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. I want to read those for you again as we get started today. Jesus taught us to pray like this. He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Last week we focused on the phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and I think we all recognized last week that as humans we have uh, an internal hierarchy of affection. And what that means is there are things we love more and there are things that we love less. Some people place pleasure at the top of that list. Others place family at the top of that list. Still others place character at the top of that list. And those are not bad things in and of themselves, but the question of desire really moves to the core of our being. What do we desire most? What do we long for most? What is at the top of our priority list? And the Bible defines for us what's to be our top priority. Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells us that the Father will always give you all that you need from day to day if you'll make the kingdom of God your primary concern. If you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. And with that value at the top, the kingdom of God, all the other values find their appropriate place. And that's where we pick up this week now. And you've noticed that in the first two weeks, our focus has been on God. And that's exactly how Jesus taught us to start as we pray. Our focus should always begin with the Lord. And you'll notice as we wrap up this series, it also ends, it wraps up with our focus being on the Lord. But in today's verse, there's a shift that happens. And Jesus begins to show his disciples how they ought to pray for their own needs now. It's not a selfish thing. It's not something that's out of alignment with God's will. In fact, God wants us to ask. We talked about that last week. It's God's desire that we would come to him asking. So today we're going to talk about our needs and we're going to talk about God's provision. And we're going to recognize, we're going to look at how prayer is the pathway to watching God provide for all of our needs. Prayer is a powerful thing. So this week, we're looking at this uh, short passage. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. It's only one phrase. It's seven words. But these seven words are so important for us to understand the foundation of how Jesus taught us to pray. So let's look at this passage once again in Luke chapter 12, verse 31. Luke chapter 12, verse 31, and it says, the Father will always give you all that you need. He's going to provide. He will always give you all that you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. And I want you to recognize something that is such a biblical principle and it's such a powerful thing for us to recognize in our life. If we'll notice the terms of this passage, if you will be about his kingdom, he will provide for yours. 
if you will make your life about God's kingdom, he has committed to provide for your kingdom. And we talked last week about what our kingdom is. Our kingdom is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's really a priority thing. Our kingdom is when we want to, uh, we want to purchase a home. We want to have a, a healthy savings account. We want to provide food and clothing for our family. That's our kingdom. And there's nothing wrong with that unless our kingdom becomes more important than his. And so Jesus is teaching this principle If you will be about his kingdom, he has committed to provide for yours. And that's where we begin today. God promised to provide for those who will seek after his will here. So that's our very very first point today. Number one, God wants to provide for us. He wants to provide for us. When we pray, give us, when we say those words, give us this day, we're recognizing that God's desire is to provide for us. He wants to be our provider, and there's actually a number of things that God wants to provide for you and for me. We're going to come back to that in just a moment here. Paul writes in the New Testament, he writes Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, says, it is he who will supply all your needs. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, I'm going to read it again. It is he who will supply all all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. His supply, his riches are made available to you because of what Jesus Christ has done. And he has committed that he will supply all your needs. And so when we pray this, this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, most theologians believe that Jesus was actually referring or referencing this Old Testament event that you'd find in Exodus chapter 16, probably a familiar event for you. God provided daily bread for his people when they were in the wilderness. He had rescued his people from Egypt, and they were taking this unnecessarily long journey to the promised land, right? And, and you recognize there were millions of people. They estimate 2.4 million people, and these people needed food. And so God provided what scripture called manna for them each day. When they woke up each morning, there was seed on the ground outside and they would gather the seed and they would make bread out of it. And I want you to recognize something here. God provides, but we still have to work. God actually blesses hard work. He provided seed. It wasn't bread. It was seed that they gathered and made bread out of it. Many people think the word manna means bread, and it actually doesn't. That's, that's a, a misunderstanding. The word manna, what it actually means is, what is it? When the Israelites walked outside and they saw the seed on the ground, they said, what is it? That's what manna literally means. What is it? Well, what it was, was it was God's provision for his people. It was manna for them. It was God's way of providing for his people. It was daily bread. And this is what Jesus was referring to when you pray, give us, provide for us daily bread. Let's move on to point number two here. And that is that God wants us to rely on him daily for our needs. Notice that when we ask God to, to give us bread, to give us something, when we're petitioning him and saying, Lord, please 
give us. We're not asking for weekly bread or monthly bread, but we're asking for one day's worth of bread at a time. And here's what I think we need to acknowledge, that that actually pushes against human nature. Because human nature is that we like to store things up so that we can rely on our stored up items. And do you see that that creates competition? I want you to recognize this. We like to rely on our stuff that we can see, that we know is in, is in savings or is in storage. And God says, I want you to rely on me. So this passage in Exodus chapter 16 about the Israelites and this manna that's on the ground, this seed that's on the ground, the instructions were in, in Exodus chapter 16, verse 19, Moses said to them, gather enough for today, enough manna, enough seed, gather enough for today. No one is to keep any of it for tomorrow. And so each day the people gathered. They couldn't gather extra. It was a daily provision, enough for that day. And scripture goes on to say that those who tried to store some up because that is human nature, it's here right now, I'm gonna store it, I'm gonna get more so that I can rely on this for tomorrow. The Israelites who gathered more than a daily portion, it spoiled, it rotted overnight. God said, no, enough for one day. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, there'll be more provision on the, on the ground. See, God wants us to depend on him continually so that we don't begin to rely on something or someone else. Now, that creates a challenge for us, doesn't it? Again, it pushes against our human nature, which is I like to have a savings account so that I could say, if something difficult happens, I'm okay because I can rely on my savings. If food isn't on the ground tomorrow, it's okay because I have a pantry full. And God says, if you begin to rely on things that you have stored, if you begin to rely on yourself, you're going to miss the point here. Because God's ultimate plan in so many ways, and I think, again, this is what we wrestle with, God actually positions us in places where we have to depend on him. And he brings us through difficult situations where those, those, those supports, those, those um, security blankets, those savings accounts are taken out from underneath us to where we actually get to a very uncomfortable place of dependence upon him. God wants us to depend on him continually so that we don't begin to depend on our savings or on people or on something else. And the illustration that, that Jesus uses here of bread, I think is something that works really well for us because we recognize our bodies were created to where we actually need to eat every day. We don't eat weekly. We don't eat monthly. We eat daily. And that's what Jesus was communicating in this outline here, that we need to rely on the Lord and ask him every day to provide for us. Now, again, one of our struggles is that we often wait until there's a big crisis before we ask God to provide. And Jesus is saying you should pray every day like this. Don't wait until a crisis. See, when our, when our cabinets are full, we don't feel the need, do we? When our savings account is high, we don't feel the need. But when our cupboards are bare, then we begin to really plead and ask God to provide. And this is really important, what Jesus is teaching is that no matter the condition of our pantry, 
no matter the condition of our bank account, we should pray every day acknowledging our dependence upon the Lord and asking him to continue to provide for us. Whether our pantry is full or our cupboards are bare, that it doesn't change our dependence, that we go to him every day and we say, God, I'm relying on you. And I pray that you would continue to provide for me my daily bread. I encourage you to pray that every day, even if you don't feel the need, even if you don't feel the the desperation, even again, if your cupboards are full or if your bank account is high, it doesn't change this prayer. Jesus said, you go to the Father and you say, Lord, I'm depending on you. Do you hear the heart of that? God, I'm, I'm depending on you. I'm not depending on myself. I'm not depending on my job. I'm not depending on my checkbook. God, I'm really depending on you here. And I ask that you'd continue to provide. You're going to find a lot of pastors and a lot of churches that preach a prosperity gospel. Have you heard the prosperity gospel? You'll also find an equal amount of pastors or churches that will preach a poverty gospel. Have you heard that one as well? What Jesus preaches is a provision gospel. God will provide. So there is this recurring theme in Jesus' teachings here. The same passage where Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer that we're looking at in Matthew chapter 6 here, he also went on to say, don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear, for the Father will take care of your needs. And I believe that one of the reasons why people don't sleep well at night is often attributed to the fact that they worry that when they wake up in the morning, there won't be manna on the ground. And they're concerned. And they worry that God won't provide. You cannot worry and trust at the same time. Those two things are in opposition to each other. And Jesus said, don't worry. And here's what I want to encourage you in. If you ever come to the point where you feel anxious about tomorrow, or maybe you feel anxious about next week or next year, I encourage you to take that as a a built-in reminder that we should pray as Jesus taught us. Father, I'm trusting in you to provide for all of my needs. Turn your worry into prayer. Turn your worry into prayer. Psalm 121, I love this passage. says, I look up to the mountains. And in this passage here, the mountains was actually metaphorically, it was the government. It was what we would call Capitol Hill. I look up to Capitol Hill. Where does my help come from? It doesn't come from there. My security is not in the government. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> my security is not in my bank account either. It's not in my job. It's not my, when I look up to the mountains, where does my help come from? I'll tell you where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I want to move to our our last point for the day. It's number three. And that is God wants to provide for our physical and spiritual needs. When Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, there's generally two ways that you could look at this passage and understanding it. One way is to spiritualize the word bread. And the other way is to say that bread means only our our daily needs, like food and shelter and, and finances. But Jesus was actually talking about both physical and spiritual needs here. 
Both are accurate, and both ways are appropriated to us by God. And so he wants us to pray for physical needs. Again, I want to encourage you guys, there is nothing wrong with you asking the Lord to provide for your physical needs. Jesus encourages it here. You'll notice this, the word bread in our language today is still a symbol of provision for our needs. In our slang, we continue to use the words bread and dough as synonyms for money, right? We talk about a breadwinner in the family, the the primary wage earner, right? Bread is a complete representation of all of our physical needs. A funny little story, my son, Braden, who turns 12 next week, um, for his birthday about three years ago, actually it was his 10th birthday, so two years ago, uh, my wife and I decided that we were going to do something kind of fun with him. My son, Braden, if you know him, he loves bread. Anything bread, 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 bread. Um, how many of you guys would, you're in that same boat? Okay, you don't have to raise your hands, it's okay. Um, so we, we thought, well, this would be kind of a fun thing. We bought him a, a small loaf of bread, his own loaf of bread, and we put it in a, a little box, and on top of the, the bread was a $20 bill, and we said, here is bread, here, here's some bread for your birthday, just try, kind of a play on words. And Braden opens the box, and he takes the $20 bill and throws it out of the way so that he can get to the, to the food. You know where his love is. It's not a love of money yet, you know, it's a, it's a love of, of bread. But we look at the, this phrase, bread, as provision for all of our needs, whether it's a financial thing or it's literal food on the table or maybe it's a home kind of a thing, it's okay for you to pray for the Lord to provide a good home for you and your family to live in. It's okay for you to pray and ask the Lord for a good vehicle that doesn't break down all the time. It's okay for you to pray and ask for the Lord to provide for you a good job with good pay. It's okay for you to provide, to to pray and ask the Lord to provide food and clothing for you and your family. Jesus encourages us to pray for these natural provisions. He told us to ask the Lord for these things. I want to look at a a passage of scripture here that um, part of it's in your notes here. I'm going to start here, Matthew chapter 6. And I'm actually going to back up to verse 25 and then I'll, I'll pick you up right here, okay? Jesus said, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And then he says this, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? He goes on in verse 30. It is God who clothes the wild grass, grass that's here today and gone tomorrow, burned up in the oven, he says. Won't he, God, be all the more sure to clothe you. God wants to provide for you. He wants to provide literal food, clothing. He he wants to provide physical things for you and your family. I think this is part of where sometimes we miss the the point of what praying for our food is. Um, It's a habit, especially in America here, that we would stop and we would pray. Praying for your food actually is in its ideal situation, its ideal position, is an opportunity for you to thank God for providing that food. Not that he would miraculously take the calories out and make it taste good. Like a lot of times we say, bless the food, nourish it to our bodies. Well, yes, I I want that as well. 
But you know what? When you sit down at the table and, and you have food in front of you, it's an opportunity for you to stop and to say, God, thank you for being our provider. When you drive to work, you leave your home and you back out of your garage, you pull out of the driveway, it's an opportunity for you to say, God, thank you for providing a home for us. Every day, when you drive to work, this might be a stretch for some of you, that you'd say, God, thank you for providing this job for me, for my family. You're my provider. Thank you. That's really the essence of what Jesus is communicating in so much of this prayer is that it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to ask God to provide and thank him for providing at the same time. God wants to provide our physical needs, but we also need to recognize that when we pray this, we pray that God would provide our spiritual needs as well because it's not just food that we need to survive in life. Here's what Jesus said. The, the, the spiritual bread that God provides for us is found in his word, and it's in a, in a relationship with his son. So here's two passages I want us to look at for straight out of the mouth of Jesus. You call this red-letter reading here, okay? Jesus was quoting the Old Testament scriptures found in Deuteronomy when he said this in Matthew chapter 4. Man cannot live on bread. It's physical bread. Man cannot live on physical bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. You could eat... Um, Wonder bread all the time. You could eat whatever brand of, of, of bread you want, physical bread, all the time. It's not enough for you. It's not enough for your life. Jesus said you need the word of God as well. And then when you read in John chapter 6, verse 32, Jesus is, is, is um, talking about himself here. He, he said this, my father provided manna. Remember Exodus he provided manna, physical bread, seed for his children when he rescued them from Egypt. My father did that. And now he offers you true bread from heaven. This is spiritual bread. He offered physical bread. Now he offers spiritual bread. And that true bread is me, the one sent by God from heaven. And he gives life to the world. We have to make sure we recognize that it's not just about food on our table and it's not just about money in our bank account and a roof over our heads. All of those things, as Scripture says, what would it profit a man if he gained all of those things but he forfeited his soul? This is the most important part of it, that when we pray, God, would you provide our daily bread, we're also saying, God, the, your word would it come alive inside of me? Would you, would you bring it to life inside of me? My relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, and, and you through him, Lord, would you help me nourish that? Would you provide every single day? I'm committing to you, and I think this is the part where, where sometimes the tables need to be flipped. When you ask that God would provide your physical bread every day, but you're not willing to invest in the spiritual bread every day, I think that's something that really hurts the heart of our God. When we say, Lord, I need food seven days a week, and I'll give you Sunday. One day a week, I'll invest in the spiritual food, the spiritual bread. But I need physical bread every day. I don't think God cuts us off, but I think it's something that he, I think it discourages the heart of our God. When he says, you ask for me to give you something daily. I'm asking for the same thing. 
Now, you can say amen or ouch to that. Either way, that's straight out of the Word of God. We've, we've got to move on here, okay? The spiritual bread that God provides for us is found in His Word, and it's found in a relationship with His Son. So, as Jesus teaches us how we should pray, we learn something that we actually knew before, but we oftentimes forget about, and that is this. Everything, the big things and the little things, the spiritual things and the material things, the eternal things and the temporal things, they all come to us from the hand of God and in no other way. He is our provider. He wants us to ask, and he wants to provide. So in this petition that Jesus is laying out for us, he's saying, Father, in your great love, for us, your children, and in your sovereign providence, please provide all the things that we need for life in this world. God's word tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And that includes the greatest gift of all, and that is the gift of his son, Jesus, who came into this world to bring us not just physical bread, but the spiritual bread, the bread of life, true life. Jesus called it abundant life. And just like the provision that we talked about today, you can look all over for it in the world, but it's only found in him. This abundant life that he came to bring us is only found in him. And if you have never had an opportunity to ask God to give you that life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today before we close. To say yes to the only one that can bring you what Scripture calls eternal life and blessed life. So if you're ready to do that today, I just invite you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. And um, if that's you, if you're ready to make that decision, to say yes to Jesus, to invite him to be the center of your life, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. You can say, God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to bring me true life. And Jesus, today, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and you would give me a brand new start. Jesus, come into the center of my life, the very center of it, and be my Lord from this day forward. I pray in your name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to be able to celebrate with you as a church family. That's part of what we believe the community of the church is, that it really is a family, encouraging one another, supporting one another, celebrating with one another. So here's something I'd like to ask you to do. If you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, or maybe it was a moment where you came back to the Lord, drifting happens with the best of intentions when we try to stay focused and yet we drift off. And it's okay because God receives us back. And if you prayed that prayer today from your heart, I want to encourage you to do something. Um, on your connection card that you have today, on the back side of it is a box that says, yes, I said yes to Jesus. And if you'd do something for me, if you'd take a moment and check that box and put your contact info, just, just your name on there, a way for us to pray with you. At the end of our service today, we're going to have some prayer teams up front. I'd encourage you to take that card and drop it off with them. Also, there's another opportunity. As you leave today, our Welcome Center has a little box on it to be able to drop those cards in there as well. Whatever it takes, we just want to be able to celebrate with you. In fact, would you take a moment right now and congratulate those who made that prayer today, made that commitment? 
we're going to wrap up and move into a time of communion this morning. Um, as we do, I want to remind you that God has said that he would provide for all of your needs. And Jesus said that we should ask him to give us this day and every day our daily bread. I want to invite you guys to pray with me this morning the Lord's Prayer. Together as a congregation, as we lift up this, this prayer that Jesus modeled for us in unity today, that we would not just join our words, but we'd join our hearts together this morning as we go to our God. Would you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.